Hello and welcome back to Mrs. Ruggins' podcast on the BTEC Sport course for Anatomy and Physiology. Um, this is episode number five. We are on our final learning aim today um, and this will be all about the energy system. So this is learning aim E and it is the effects of exercise and sports performance on the energy systems. And like ever before, all that you really need to do is have your headphones handy, plug in, press play, and listen along. Um, the energy systems is notoriously the, the learning aim, which um, most students find difficult. Um, but there really is no need for that. I think because it is a system that hasn't previously been taught at GCSE level, it's a whole new ground of knowledge and content that you need to learn. Um, and it is quite scientific. Um, and I think that does sort of put the fear and put the fear into some students and almost makes it seem more complicated than it is. So what I will do, I'll read through the content like I have done in my previous episodes and hopefully if you're able to repeat this back um, a few times you will begin to feel confident um, about recalling the information that you need to know for the energy system. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, let's take a look at the energy systems then. So all movement requires energy. The method by which your body generates energy is determined by the intensity and duration of the activity being undertaken. Activities that require short bursts of effort, such as sprinting or jumping, require the body to produce large amounts of energy over a short period of time. In contrast, marathon running or cycling require continued energy production over a longer period and at a slower rate. It is the body's energy systems that facilitate these processes. The energy systems of the body can function aerobically with oxygen or anaerobically without oxygen. And movements that require sudden bursts of effort are powered by energy systems that do not require oxygen the anaerobic uh, systems, whereas your prolonged activities are aerobic and do require oxygen. All the energy systems work together, but the type of activity and its intensity will determine which system is predominant. So which is the system that's mainly working to help us get the energy so that we can do that movement required for our sporting performance. So, the role of ATP in exercise. Energy is required in order to make the muscle fibres contract. This energy is obtained from the breakdown of foods in the diet, particularly carbohydrate and fat. The body maintains a continuous supply of energy through the use of something called adenosine triphosphate, also known as, and the abbreviation for this is ATP. And this is often referred to as the energy currency of the body. ATP is a molecule that stores and releases chemical energy for use in body cells. When ATP is broken down, it gives energy for immediate muscle contractions. It is the only molecule that can supply the energy used in the contraction of muscle fibres. ATP consists of a base, adenine, and three phosphate groups. 
It is formed by a reaction between an adenosine diphosphate, ADP, molecule and a phosphate. Energy is stored in the chemical bonds in the molecules and when a bond is broken, energy is released. ATP works like a rechargeable battery. So energy is replaced, uh, re released sorry, by converting ATP to ADP, which is the uncharged form. By binding a phosphate back with the ADP to resynthesize ATP, the battery is charged again and ready to be used for immediate and powerful muscular contractions. However, your muscles have only very small amounts of ATP stored in them. So to replenish ATP quickly, the body has to use a number of other systems as well. The ATP-PC system, also known as the Alactic system in exercise and sports performance. So the ATP-PC Alactic system is anaerobic, which means that it does not require oxygen to produce energy. This is important in sports where sudden and powerful movements are required, such as shot put or sprinting, as the muscles can use ATP to produce energy and movement without having to wait for oxygen to be delivered. A muscle cell has a small amount of ATP in it that it can use immediately, but there is only enough to last for about three seconds. To replenish the ATP levels quickly, muscle cells also contain a high energy phosphate compound called creatine phosphate or phosphocreatine or PCR. When the high energy bond in PCR is broken, the energy it releases is transferred to ADP to then resynthesize ATP. So the whole aim in this is to resynthesize that ATP so that we have the energy to be able to perform in the sports that we need to. The ATP PC system only supports high intensity exercise for short periods of time, approximately 10 seconds, as the PC stores run down quickly. If exercise continues at high intensity, these stores will only partially replenish, as there will not be enough energy available for creatine and phosphate to reform phospho phosphocreatine. A ratio called the work to rest ratio can be used to determine how quickly a system will replenish. For the ATP PC system, this ratio is 1 and 10 to 12. So this means that for every one second of work, you need to allow 10 to 12 seconds for recovery for that ATP to be resynthesized. The lactate system in exercise and sports performance. The lactate system is a short-term energy system and is used to meet energy requirements of higher intensity over a longer period, such as during a 400 meter race. It is an anaerobic process that does not require oxygen and therefore is not sustainable over a long duration. The body breaks down most carbohydrates from the foods we eat and converts them to a type of sugar known as glucose 
when the body does not need to use the glucose for energy, it stores some of it in the liver and muscles where it is easily accessible for energy production and is known as glycogen. In the lactate energy system, ATP is made by the partial breakdown of glucose and glycogen through the process of anaerobic glycolysis. Around 60 to 90 seconds of maximal work are possible using this system. So let's have a little look at what anaerobic glycolysis is. So when the, N when the ATP PC system begins to fade at around 10 seconds, the process of anaerobic glycolysis begins. This system breaks down liver and muscle glycogen stores without needing the presence of oxygen. The breakdown of glucose and glycogen releases energy, which can be used to resynthesize ATP. The breakdown of glucose produces two molecules of ATP, whereas the breakdown of glycogen can produce three molecules of ATP. We then need to know something about, um, or something which is called lactic acid production. So unfortunately, anaerobic glycolysis produces lactic acid as a byproduct. Lactic acid is the limiting factor of the anaerobic system. It accumulates and diffuses into the tissue, fluid and blood. If this substance is not removed quickly enough by the circulatory system, it builds up to impede muscle contraction and causes fatigue. You may have experienced this as an uncomfortable burning sensation and soreness in your muscles during intense exercise. A recovery time of approximately 8 minutes will aid the removal of lactic acid from the muscles as well as the storage of glycogen in your muscles. The aerobic system in exercise and sports performance. So this is our third energy system. Number one was the ATP PC system. Number two was the lactate system. And now we're looking at number three, the aerobic system. So the aerobic energy system is the long-term energy system. If plenty of oxygen is available, as it is during everyday movements and light exercise, glycogen and fatty acids break down to yield the largest amounts of ATP. This produces carbon dioxide and water, which do not affect the ability of the muscles to contract, unlike the lactic acid produced by the lactate system. Aerobic energy production occurs in the mitochondria of the muscle cells. The aerobic system relies on the breakdown of carbohydrates and stored fats to produce energy and improved aerobic fitness makes it easier for the body to convert these food sources. The production of energy within the aerobic system is slow to engage because it takes a few minutes for the heart to deliver oxygenated blood to the working muscles. Long, continuous and moderate exercise, such as long distance running, produces energy using this system. The aerobic energy system can be broken down into three processes. Number one, aerobic glycolysis. So this is the first stage of aerobic metabolism, the breakdown of foods into energy. It converts carbohydrates in the form of either glucose or glycogen into pyruvic acid using oxygen. This breakdown requires 10 chemical reactions, another reason why the aerobic system is slower to deliver energy and is suited to steady sport performance. The process of aerobic glycolysis produces two molecules of ATP. 
The second process of the aerobic energy system is something called the Krebs cycle, sometimes known as the citric acid cycle. This is the second phase in the process of anaerobic metabolism. It takes place in the mitochondria. The pyruvic acid that was produced during aerobic glycolysis enters the mitochondria and is converted to citric acid. This results in two molecules of ATP being produced, with carbon dioxide and hydrogen being produced as waste products. The carbon dioxide will be exhaled by the lungs and the hydrogen will be used in the next phase of energy production, the electron transport chain. So the third process of the aerobic energy system is the electron transport chain. The hydrogen that was released as part of the Krebs cycle is vital in the production of energy. The electron transfer chain is the most important step in energy production and is where the majority of ATP is created. This process will create 34 molecules of ATP from glucose. The hydrogen created as part of the Krebs cycle is accepted by the hydrogen acceptor found in the mitochondria where, in the presence of oxygen, ATP can be produced. In total, the aerobic energy system will produce 38 molecules of ATP from one molecule of glucose. Depending on the duration and intensity of the exercise, as well as your level of fitness, recovery of the aerobic energy systems can range from a few hours to two to three days. Okay, so now that we know the three different energy systems, the ATPPC, the lactate and the aerobic system, we now need to look at how these energy systems work in combination with each other. During exercise, the body does not switch from one system to another. Energy at any time is de derived from all three systems. However, the emphasis changes depending on the intensity of the activity relative to the efficiency of your aerobic fitness, your ability to deliver and utilize oxygen, okay? So, when you start running, the following process takes place. So this is just an example. The muscle cell burns off the ATP they already contain in about three seconds. The creatine phosphate system kicks in and supplies energy for 8 to 10 seconds. This would be the major energy system used by the muscles of a 100 meter sprinter or a weightlifter, where rapid acceleration, short duration exercise occurs. If exercise continues beyond this, the lactic, the lactic acid energy system kicks in. This occurs in short distant exercises such as 200 or 400 meter runs or a 100 meter swim. Again, if exercise continues, then the aerobic energy system will take over, and this occurs in endurance events such as 800 meter runner, marathons, rowing, cross country skiing, and distance skating. On page 52 in your BTEC books, there is a um, very important table that you should refer back to, table 1.6, and it's a different length of time for each energy system with sporting examples. So I'll go through it quickly for you now, um, but again, it's a visual that maybe would be easier to see and look at in your books. So if the duration is one to three seconds, then it is um, clustered anaerobic, and the energy is supplied by ATP in the muscles. 
Uh, a sporting example of this would be a punch in boxing. The duration is for three to ten seconds. Again, this would be classed as anaerobic activity and the energy supplied again by the ATP and PC system. Sporting example here would be your 100 meter sprinter. If the duration goes longer than this and is 10 to 45 seconds, it's still anaerobic and the energy is supplied by the ATP PC system and is starting to use the muscle glycogen. Important example of this would be the 200 meter run. Activities that go from 45 seconds to two minutes will be using the anaerobic system, but will start to be dipping their toes into the lactic acid system, the lactate system. Energy here is supplied by muscle glycogen and a sporting example would be 400 meter run. Exercise um, with the duration of two to four minutes are classified as aerobic and anaerobic so again we're in the between stages energy would be supplied by muscle glycogen and lactic acid and a 1500 meter run would be an example here and anything over four minutes is classed as aerobic My, uh, muscle glycogen and fatty acids are the energy um, is where the energy is supplied from here and a sporting example would be your marathon runner there is also um, an important graph that you should um, refer back to on page 52 about the contribution of different energy systems during exercise. Again, quite a good visual um, and this particular graph has come up in exam papers in the past so it's really worth getting your head around that graph too. So at this point, um, you should be able to answer the following questions. Why do different sports use different energy systems? Could you choose a sport and tell me what the main energy system is that is being used? And then maybe consider a team sport and a specific position. And are different energy systems used during a performance? And if so, why? Adaptations of the energy systems to exercise. So here we are again um, towards the end of one of the learning aims where we look at the adaptations um, and the additional factors. There are no responses for this particular system. So first of all we're looking at the adaptations. We have got increased creatine stores, increased tolerance to lactic acid, aerobic energy system, increased use of fats as an energy source and an increased storage of glycogen and increased numbers of mitochondria. So long-term exercise will allow the body's energy systems to adapt to the physical demands of exercise. This means that by following an exercise program it is possible to train each energy system so that you can perform for longer and at increasingly harder intensities. Let's look at increased creatine stores first. Short duration interval training sessions using high intensity exercise will improve your ability to produce anaerobic energy. Your body will adapt and be able to store more creatine in the muscles, which will improve the ATP PC system. This will result in you being able to exercise anaerobically for longer using fast and powerful movements. Increased tolerance to lactic acid, another adaptation of the energy system to exercise. 
Anaerobic training stimulates the muscles to become better able to tolerate lactic acid and to clear it away more efficiently. With endurance training, the capillary network extends, allowing greater volumes of blood to supply to the muscles with oxygen and nutrients. The muscles are able to use more fat as a fuel source and become more efficient at using oxygen, increasing the body's ability to work harder for longer without fatiguing. The net result is an increase in the body's maximal oxygen consumption. The third adaptation of the energy system to exercise is aerobic energy system. So long-term exercise will improve the ability of the aerobic energy system to produce energy, as improvements in the cardiovascular system will allow for increased oxygen to be delivered, which is needed to produce ATP aerobically. Likewise, adaptations of the cardiovascular system will aid the removal of lactic acid through oxidization. The increased use of fats as an energy source is, a, is the fourth adaptation you need to be aware of. So fats is the primary energy source during low intensity exercise. Fat combustion powers almost all exercise at approximately 25% of aerobic capacity. Aerobic capacity is the amount of oxygen that can be consumed during maximal exercise. Fat oxidization Sorry, fat oxidation increases if exercise extends to long periods as glycogen levels deplete. When considering the effects of long-term exercise, the trained athlete has a greater opportunity to burn fat as a fuel than the non-trained athlete because they have more efficient system of delivering oxygen to the working muscle, as well as a greater number of mitochondria. And finally, an increased storage of glycogen and increased numbers of mitochondria. Muscles increase their oxidative capacity with regular training. This is achieved by an increase in the number of mitochondria within the muscle cells, an increase in the supply of ATP and an increase in the quantity of enzymes involved in respiration. The ability of the muscles to store more glycogen is also increased, meaning that an anaerobic glycolysis can last for longer. Finally, we've come to the end of the content for Learning Aim E, the energy systems, and here we just need to look at the additional factors affecting the energy systems. There are two main additional factors that must be considered when examining the energy systems and their impact on sport and exercise performance. So we have diabetes and hyperglycemic attack, and also children's lack of lactate system. Diabetes is a condition where the amount of glucose in your blood is too high. This is known as type 1 diabetes. It develops when glucose cannot enter the body's cells to be used as a fuel. Insulin is the, uh, the hormone produced by the pancreas that allows glucose to enter the body's cell, where it is used as fuel for energy. If you have diabetes, your body cannot make proper use of this glucose, so it builds up in the blood and cannot be used. Hyperglycemia is an abnormally low level of glucose in your blood. When your glucose level is too low, your body does not have enough energy to carry out its activities. Hyperglycemia mainly occurs if someone with, someone with diabetes takes too much insulin, misses a meal or exercises too hard. 
typical early warning signs are feeling hungry, trembling or shakiness and sweating. Additional symptoms include confusion and you may have difficulty concentrating. In severe cases, a person experiencing hypoglycemia can lose consciousness. And then we have the children's lack of lactate system. Although we all possess the same body systems, a child's body systems are still growing and developing with significant changes occurring during puberty. One such area is the lactate energy system, which is not fully developed in children. During high intensity exercise, lactic acid will build up in the muscles and due to their developing cardiovascular system, it is more difficult for children to remove this waste product. Therefore, it is generally recommended that children exercise aerobically. And there we have it guys, you have come to the end of my um, episode 5, Learning Aim E, looking at the energy systems, of my Unit 1 Anatomy and Physiology podcast for the BTEC Sport course. Um, and actually, you've, we've come to the end of the course content for this particular unit. Um, so well done if you've got this far and you've stayed with me and listening for all of the different five different episodes focusing on the different learning aims and the different body systems. Um, so all I'm going to do to finish off here is um, just give you an example of a couple of the exam questions that have come up in the past um, focusing on the energy systems and all I want you to do um, is have a little little think about whether you would be able to confidently answer these questions again I'm not going to give the answers in this particular podcast I am planning to do a, another episode after this one which will focus on the exam itself what the exam looks like, what the paper looks like, the different structures of it, um, and also be looking at um, past paper questions that have come up and the best way to tackle these questions and go about answering them. So all of that exam technique um, stuff, if you like, will come in the next episode. But for now, um, thinking back to what you've just previously listened to in this episode about the energy systems, would you be able to answer these following questions? So could you explain why it is an advantage for marathon runners to have high numbers of mitochondria? Would you be able to describe the process of ATP production from carbohydrates through the aerobic energy system? Would you be able to compare and contrast the importance of the aerobic and anaerobic energy systems for an elite 100 meter sprinter in competition and in training? Could you identify four key long-term adaptations that are linked to aerobic training and explain the benefit of each adaptation? And I think I'll leave it there with the questions. They're quite tricky questions. Um, and 
if you're anything like me when I was at school, I was okay with the sort of digesting the content and knowing the facts. But then when I had to actually answer the questions and make sure I was writing the relevant points to get the marks that I needed, um, it can all become a little bit tricky. So if you have listened to those four, I think it was four questions I just asked you and thought, oh my goodness, I have no idea how I would even go about answering these questions, then my suggestion to you is to listen back over this episode again and again until you are fully confident with the content. And then maybe write those questions down. They are on page 55 as well if you if you have your books in front of you. Um, and actually plan your answer and make sure you're writing the key points relevant to what the question is asking you. And again, like I said, in my next episode, I will be talking all about exam technique and how to go about um, planning your answers and getting that pen to paper um, and really trying to get the maximal marks that are available to you. But for now, Thank you so much for listening to um, my first podcast and my first first five episodes, sorry. Um, I hope you found it useful as ever and uh, keep an eye out for future um, episodes for my podcast about the BTEC Sport course. Uh, In the meantime though, take care, stay safe. Thank you and goodbye.